Hello and welcome to the Unoffended Wife, a sold out marriage podcast. My name is Tammy, I am your host, and today you are listening to The Waymaker. Hello and happy late Valentine's Day, happy President's Day. Today is February 17th and I am coming to you with a message about Jesus and how he is the way maker. Uh, If I open up this podcast with a scripture, it is John 14, 6. And in John 14, 6, the scripture is uh, Jesus talking. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is a scripture that most, if not all of you, have all heard referenced at one point in time or another. And it is a scripture that God reminded me of when I was worshiping yesterday morning at church. If you have been in the Christian community for a little while now, uh, on a worship team, at a church where contemporary worship is a thing, uh, you know, you will have probably heard the song, The Waymaker. I actually think The Waymaker was a song that came out years and years and years ago, but it's sort of been resurrected. And I know that Bill and Gloria Gaither did it, but then Matthew W. Smith did it. And now Bethel, I believe, and uh, some of the other uh, contemporary worship uh, teams have kind of resurrected the song and basically goes a little like this. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. And then it goes on to talk about if you don't feel it, he's working. Even when you don't see it, he's working and goes back to talking about that is who he is. And when I was worshiping yesterday, what came to mind every time I sang the chorus of, you know, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, I heard Waymaker, The Way, Miracle Worker, The Truth, Promise Keeper, The Life, Light in the Darkness, only we can get to the Father through Jesus, which leads me to believe that there is there is a darkness, not a way to be able to get to the Father except for Jesus, who has been known to be called the light of the world. So Jesus was downloading, God was downloading this during worship, and I was just really thinking a lot about that scripture and how, you know, he is the way. And Over the last couple of weeks, I've really been heavily burdened with just, gosh, the intercessory prayer of couples who are hurting and wives who are hurting specifically and just really heavily burdened with the ones that have reached out to me. And I can't go into the details of, you know, those couples or those wives who are hurting, but they're struggling with a lot of different, very serious issues. And, you know, I think I may have 
referenced it at some point, but God gave me a vision some time ago, and it started with a particular couple that uh, had reached out to me, and this wife uh, had reached out to me. And when I was praying for them, when I was praying for her, I remember being up on this uh, this rock formation, looking out upon this magnificent valley of just something out of Europe, something out of just this beautiful like mountains everywhere, but rolling hills. It was just, it was beautiful and little paths and roads everywhere. But it was just like little dirt, you know, dirt, dirt paths through all of this wilderness. And all along these paths were all of these different shadows of, of couples. Like I just kind of knew that they're there. I don't, I can't really explain it other than I just know that there's thousands of couples out in this valley. And when I was praying for her, I specifically remember seeing them, this couple in the valley with all these other, these other people. And I remember asking God, like, how, like, how am I supposed to pray for this couple? Because God, this looks impossible to me. Like this looks hopeless to me. So how do I pray? How do I pray for this couple? And honestly, legit guys, I was not feeling a lot of faith for this couple. And what I felt God say to me in this vision or what I heard God say to me in this vision was, I need you to believe for this couple. Because if you can't believe and have faith and have hope for this couple, then all the rest of them out there, all the rest of them who are in worse situations or better situations or anything in between, how are you going to pray for them and believe for them in your marriage ministry if you can't believe for this one? This is the couple that I am giving you and they will be a testimony of faith. They will be a testimony of hope and they will be a testimony of restoration. But I need you to believe in me. I need you to have faith in me for this. And that was months ago. And I, you know what? I am continue, continually believing for this couple. And alongside that came other wives and couples who I know are struggling and going through some really serious issues. And so yesterday when that song came on and I really heard the Lord speaking to me about that scripture, that he is the way. I oftentimes am asking the Lord how, like how is this going to resolve its, you know, be resolved? How is this going to have its miracle? And God is answering me that he is the way and he's the way in all situations. He is the way, not just when you feel like it, he is the way not just when things are going well and uh, not when you, you know, are told that he's the way. He is just simply the way. Like he is the way, the truth, the life. Like there's, there's no questioning in that statement from Jesus. He was explaining to us his identity, who he is. And that's why that song is so powerful, because it's basically calling out all the different parts of that scripture, whether or not the authors of that song, if that's what they were going for. I haven't looked at the history on it, so I don't really know. But that's what God was telling me. 
And that song is powerful because it talks, you know, therefore it starts singing about that is who you are. That is who you are. Whether we see it, whether we feel it, that's who you are and you are working. And I feel like this message is meant for many couples, but maybe you need to hear that today. That he is working in your situation, wives. He is working. You may be listening to this and be like, yeah, but Tammy, you don't know. My husband is abusive or my husband is shut, you know, he's shut down. My my husband delivered divorce papers to me today. Tammy, you don't know. My husband is, is addicted to pornography and there looks like there's no hope. My husband is addicted to alcoholism and it looks like there's no hope. Ladies, I do know. I do know because I have sadly lived most of that myself. And there is always, there is always hope. There's always hope because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Therefore, there is a way. There is a way through it. And Jesus is the answer. And some of you are struggling emotionally. Some of you are struggling with depression. Um, Darkness is all around you. And I want to call you out to say today to you, that it's time that you take action to start having some hope. And I know that that comes as a harsh word, but we have to take action. Um, You know, one of the things that I want to deliver to you is not just the scripture and not just telling you what you already know. You already know that Jesus is the way. And if you don't, reach out to me because I want to deliver to you a message of salvation because he is absolutely the way. And I want you to know that there's somebody here that can pray with you and pray for you. But if you're already a Christian and you're listening to this podcast as an unoffended wife who already knows the Lord, you already know he's the way. But you've been sitting back and you have been, I don't want it to come across mean, ladies, but you may be sitting back just thinking, well, I already know that he's the way, but There's a hopelessness in your heart. And I want to resurrect life in you today. Not me doing it, but God delivering this message to you to resurrect some hope. Uh, And to do that, you need to have something to put into action. It's not enough to know that he is the way. You need to be able to take action and be able to walk in that. To be able to resurrect hope in your situation, you need to have a means to take action. That is absolutely how I have seen over and over and over miracles come to pass is because action has been taken. Sure, even sometimes God delivers miracles whether action has occurred or not. But nine times out of ten in my life experience, it's taken some action. So I want to help you. I want to help you be able to take action. So I'm going to give you some action steps. Uh, just like I want I want to tell you another thing that God, I really, God has really been amazing this weekend, just putting pieces together. And so I want to give you an, an example. When Aaron and I went snowshoeing on Saturday, we actually picked a trail that was pretty technical. I felt a little out of my league 
actually, and so did he, but we had already gotten to a place where we just had to keep going. And so we did, and we came into this beautiful, magnificent, amazing view that was worth all of the, all of the struggle to get there. And then it was time to turn around and go back, go back home, go back down. Going down was way scarier than going up. And as we were going down, I actually had to take my snowshoes off because I kept slipping on them. And it was a little bit dangerous. No, it was a lot dangerous. There was basically an icy water, a uh, little river waterfall area, like right alongside us. And we were on this like ledge. And so I took my snowshoes off and had to um, basically just kind of trek my way down down the mountain. And as I was going down, I, I was slipping around or if I wasn't slipping, I was uh, stepping very deep. And so I got to this, you know, this point where I was actually getting really nervous. And I remember the Lord telling me, because I was actually praying, I remember the Lord telling me, Tammy, take one step at a time. And I want you to dig your heel in. And I want you to take one foot in front of the other. And that's all I want you to focus on. Don't look to the right. Don't look at the waterfall and the steep hill beside you. I want you to take one foot in front of the other. And that is what I want you to focus on. And so for probably about 15 minutes, I literally was planting my foot down one heel down into the snow and then the next one. And I would, I was very intentional. Every single step was incredibly intentional. And at the end of that, I remember as I was kind of coming down towards the end of that mountain, I remember the Lord speaking to me about that and saying, for your next podcast, this will be a part of that. I want you to remember, I want you to remember this visual, this experience that you've had. And I, I bring that up now, understanding that the reason why is because on this path to overcoming the situation that you're in and resurrecting hope in your, in your situation, you may have to take one intentional step after the other. He doesn't want you to look so far forward that you have anxiety about what's coming. He doesn't want you to look to the left or to the right at the, the devastation or the danger that is to the right or left of you or what is perceived danger. He wants you to take one solid intentional step after the other. And so what what are those intentional steps? I've, I've given you kind of a, an analogy, but now it's time to look at what are the steps the intentional steps that you need to be taking. Well, I can't answer right now for specifically you because you may be in a situation that requires your first step, your first intentional step to be prayer. It may be worship. For another for another person in in this uh, in this scenario, it may be that as an unoffended wife, you are actually having to take an intentional step towards healing and recovery in an addictive situation. And that may look like getting your spouse help. It may look like getting yourself help. It may look like 
you know, another, another step may be that you are being asked by the Lord to simply come into intimacy with him every single day and not even worry about the situation. He wants you to just have intimacy with him. Everybody's steps are going to look different. They're going to have different timing. They're going to have a different amount of weight on them. And frankly, the next step that comes is going to depend on making sure that the last step that you took was planted firmly. And so today, what I really am hoping for all of you is that you seek the Lord on what step is next, but you've got to take action. I could have stayed there on the ledge, hugging the mountain, and I would have frozen to death or fallen down anyway, and life would have been over, right? Like, I know it's extreme and it's kind of silly, but at the time it felt very real to me. It was like, I can't move. I am so scared. And there's nothing more that the enemy wants than to have you stuck. Stuck in isolation, stuck in depression, stuck in a place where you can't move forward. And so you have to take an intentional step forward. You've got to take action. It may be a support group. It may be a self-help book. It may be reading your Bible and doing a devotional. But you need to take action by asking the Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to do next? You may need a little guidance with that. That may be your next step. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, Tammy, you're telling me to ask the Lord about this next step, but I'm a brand new believer and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that next step is. Or I don't know how, I don't know how to hear from God. That is when I want you to reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. God has prepared me for such a time as this. And I want you to reach out to me. I want you to email me at theunoffendedwife at gmail.com. It's not going to cost you a dime. Ladies, I am here for you. I want you to reach out to me. And I want to support you. I want to love on you. And I want to be there to help you if you need help with what your next step could be. It may be that the two of, the two of us just pray and that you, you allow me to allow God to download what, what your next step is. That may be something, a place that you're not in that I am. And so allow others to help you. That may be your next step, but it needs to be an intentionality behind that, that action that you're taking. It needs to be intentional. And so I really want to just reach out to say, you may be experiencing depression, loss of a loved one, infidelity, separation, sexual trauma, addictions, darkness in your life. And seriously, if that's you, reach out and know you're not alone. I have experienced several of those issues and have come out on the other side. And I want you to know you're not alone. That is why I'm doing this podcast is because you're not alone. And frankly, you might not be in one of those serious situations. You may just be wanting to grow your marriage more. And as an undefended wife, you've been listening and just wanting to grow it more. Well, this still applies to you because maybe, maybe your next step being intentional in your marriage is that you're living in a sexless marriage or you're living in an okay marriage. Maybe sex is okay. 
and you need someone to help you take an intentional step into making it better, making it more amazing than it's ever been. Aaron and I have been married for almost 20 years and our intimacy, our sex life is well beyond what it ever has been. We are, oh, sex life is great. Our intimacy emotionally is phenomenal. So maybe it's an emotional intimacy. You're like, nope, got the sex thing covered, but emotionally, yeah, we are not connecting. Or maybe it's financial, maybe it's recreational, but maybe you need a little bit of help and I'm happy to help you. So reach out. But either way, whether it's a serious situation that you're dealing with, or it is a situation where you just want to grow more, reach out. I am, ladies, I'm happy to pray for you. I'm happy to help you kind of figure out what your next step is going to be. Um, lastly, I really want to talk about, I want to talk to you about seeking the Lord yourself help. However, even though I just got through telling you to reach out to me, I, I want you to. I want you to reach out because really prayer and between, you know, two two women, two wives getting together to pray for each other, there is just, that is a, a miracle all by itself. It's amazing. Um, but I also want to teach you that your miracle may be waiting for you to get intimate with God. And I did talk about that earlier. So again, if you need to need help understanding what that looks like, I can help you there. But I spent way too many situations, way too many years where I sat back and asked other people to pray for my situations. Oh, please pray for me because this, 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 and this. And I want you to understand that you have all the power that you need between you and your God. So allowing other people to pray for you is amazing because it helps the prayer as much as the prayee. So when I pray for someone and God downloads a message to them from me, or I put myself in a, I position myself in faith to believe with somebody for something. When God answers that prayer, I get to be on the receiving end and it builds my faith. It builds your faith. So praying for each other, please understand, it is very, very important. But ladies, you've got to be praying for yourself. And you've got to be coming to God in a place of worship, in a place of intimacy where life can be created from that. And I'm going to go into a little bit of a message that our pastor had brought up recently. And I thought it was brilliant because God spoke to me on so many levels of understanding why worship is such a powerful time for me. It's where I get my, you hear me say downloads all the time, but it's where I get intimate with, with God. And he referenced it in a way that I could understand very clearly, which was, you know, when a husband and wife get together and they are intimate with one another and life is created out of that intimate bond, a baby is conceived out of that intimate bond, life was created because of that intimacy. And he went on to basically say in a nutshell that Worship is a form of intimacy, and as we worship and we are being intimate with the God of the universe, life 
is often birthed out of that. And sometimes it's in the in that sense, it's immediate. Sometimes life is is conceived in that, you know, in that moment, in that moment of intimacy, just like actual sex, actual intimacy in your marriage. Sometimes life is birth or, you know, life is conceived out of that. But sometimes it takes a process to actually see the see the birth of it, just like in, you know, reality in real life terms, it takes nine months. Right. And, you know, what I really got from that message was, first of all, that the life that is often conceived in my intimacy with the Lord is a process. When I had intimacy with the Lord and he showed me that couple and said, I want you to believe for them, it's not been an instant gratification. There is actually quite a bit of, of process, growth, and what I believe is going to be laboring to actually see the life that's going to be birthed in this couple. And if you're listening right now and you know that's you, you know that I'm talking about you. I have been praying for you and I will not ever stop praying for you. And the day will come when your marriage is going to be a testimony to the rest of the world. And this marriage ministry is going to be able to stand up tall and see what the Lord has done and share it with the rest of the world. Of course, not share your intimate details, but the story behind it. I need you to understand that I will never stop. That was an aside for you. You specifically, you know who you are. But in this life, you know, life creating process, it took action and that action for me was an intimacy with the Lord. This also happened for me when I was on a on a beach by myself in San Diego, California in October. I was at a worship or a women's conference called Cherish. Thousands of women gathered together, um, thousands of them. And in that couple of thousand, you know, setting, uh, there was lots of wives, lots of women who would have been willing to pray for me. I didn't go running up to the front to have the pastor bless her amazing heart. I didn't run up there to ask her to pray for me. There was actually like a, a dozen, uh, a dozen women who are pastors that had preached and have power, power behind them. And any other given time in my life, I think I would have gone up and asked specifically for them to pray for me. But as the service ended, and we were getting ready to kind of go out of the sanctuary and go to essentially the coolest party ever. I remember going out into this party like area and I ended up booking it to my car and driving to a beach because I heard the Lord tell me that he wasn't done yet. Like I'm not done with you yet. This isn't done. This is not finished. And I remember saying to the Lord, I know it's not done. I know it's not finished and I need more. I was almost there. I was almost in a place of intimacy where life was created and I need to get into that place. And so I found myself alone on a beach, Coronado Island, and I was in freezing cold sand. I didn't even realize sand could get cold, by the way. I know naive me, but it was freezing in October at midnight. And I was on the beach by myself and I got myself 
positioned in a place of intimacy and worship with the Lord and refused to leave that beach until I had breakthrough. And I did have break, breakthrough. Life was absolutely conceived in that moment. And I am living today with that growth of life inside me. It's not, it's not birthed. It has not been labored or birthed yet. I am right now in a growing process and I know that at the end of it, God is going to have this incredible birth out of me of the life that was conceived that night at Cherish in San Diego. And so I bring this up because I want you to understand that you need to get alone with God. You need to get alone with God. You need to get into a place of intimacy where you can position yourself to have life formed in your spirit and hope can and will be resurrected in you. Faith will rise from the ashes that you're in right now, but you've got to get alone with him so that he can show you what that's going to look like. He can show you what you need to overcome. He can show you what he wants you to do for your next intentional step. But it's going to take getting alone with him. And again, by all means, please reach out. I do not want you to be in a place of isolation. That is not the point of that part of the message. Ladies, please hear me on this. I want you to reach out. I want you to have a support group. I want you to have women that are rallying behind you, on the side of you, and in front of you. I want you to have women in your life that are advocate, advocates for your marriage. Don't you dare go running to a wife who just got divorced, is in the middle of a divorce, and is bad-mouthing not only her own husband, but all men and yours. That is not the place that you need to be. You need to surround yourself around women, wives, who are of like-mindedness in the fact that they are fighting for your marriage. And don't go to men by yourself. Don't go to your best friend that's a man because you will set yourself up to give yourself away and before you know it, you're in an emotional affair and now you've compounded the problem in your marriage. You need to find women, pastoral women, wives, even single women if if you know if necessary, if they are as long as they are marriage advocates and they can speak into your life in a positive way and encourage your marriage, that's the place that you need to be. So my message about getting alone with God is not about being in isolation. It's about the fact that you need to do that along with surrounding yourself around uh, encouragers and those who can help you along the way. So with that, everyone, I love you. I love you. I love you. Wives, please reach out to me. I am here for you. And I want you to know that you are loved and that I am praying for you, and that you can have hope, you can have faith, and that you can, you can walk, you can walk through this. The Lord is your way maker. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Where lies come in, replace it with truth, because Jesus is your way, and he's going to help you walk through this. I love you and I will see you all on The Unoffended Wife in my next episode.